listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. Another episode. We've made it to episode 19. We are uh, approaching the final month of regular season hockey, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, the East is locked up. The West is still all over the place. But just off the top, uh, did want to... Um, Send out well wishes to the uh, Melnick family. Of course, if you didn't hear, the Ottawa Senators owner, Eugene Melnick, passed away on March 28th. He was 62 years old. So that was uh, some sad news for the hockey world this week. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough loss for the team. That's a tough loss for the league. Um, you know, whether or not you're a, uh, a Sens fan or not, you know, he, he really did quite a bit for that team, and uh, he's going to be... Deeply, deeply missed uh, from that organization. Yeah, so that went on. It's it's honestly been, for it being the week after trade deadline week, uh, it's been a pretty crazy, hectic week with everything that has gone on. Uh, a lot of it, when we look at kind of our rundown here, is injury-related. Um, I kind of want to start with this one. Um, he on, When he was on the Devils, one of my favorite players. I have his jersey. Taylor Hall gets a $5,000 fine. Only got a two-minute penalty in the game for um, blindside sucker punch on Labushkin. Uh, Labushkin is out for the Leafs for the foreseeable future with concussion-like symptoms. Uh, The rule books state that that should have been an immediate match penalty. So that should have been, if I remember correctly, a 5 plus a 10. And there should have been a suspension associated with that. Nothing. Like, that is... The NHL has had some just atrociously bad calls on the ice and from the Department of Player Safety. This one might sit near the top of the list for this year. See, and here's the part that's kind of weird to me is that it seems every day, every single day, there is a clip that, you know, scrolling through Twitter that you see and there's here's somebody getting hurt or there's a dangerous play or a hit from behind like uh, Yemi, you know, one second left in the game and Lars Eller takes a run at him and injures him. And now he's out for most of the regular season. Um, but should be back for the playoffs. You have so many instances of these dangerous plays done by people, and it's just ignored. Like how? Like I go back many weeks back, and I go to you know my favorite team to talk about when it comes to deliberate injuries because I sincerely believe this is a team that deliberately injures players. Um, the Minnesota Wild, uh, Matt Dumba being on top of, was it Lucas Raymond or Mort Sider, one of the rookies? I can't remember which. I think it might yeah. have been um, Raymond. No, it, it was Raymond I think because, um, no, I don't know why I remember, but it was Raymond. That I do remember. Yeah, so Lucas Raymond is down on the ice. Sure, they had a tussle. He took down Dumba to the ice and everything like that. But then Dumba continues to punch him and slam his head into the ice, and his head busts open out the back. Raymond is trying to protect himself, and he can't. There is literally zero suspension. I don't even think he got a penalty for this. Yeah, the If there was, it was a two-minute roughing. The, the NHL has a major problem, and it's the NHL. Like... We're seeing 
Uh, big. There was articles that came out because uh, Jared Bednar has kept his mouth quiet about the penalties. They're getting mm. calls in their favor because um, Rod Brinamore, the coach of Carolina, has been very openly saying, you're all idiots. They are like a Carolina player will tap somebody immediately called. So like the NHL from top to bottom when it comes to the refing, they need to fire everybody at the Department of Player Safety because it is the Department of Protecting Players that are injuring everybody else. There is no player safety. They are protecting the people that are hurting others. They're not protecting the people getting hurt. Like it is so stupid. No, it's it's absolutely insane. But then you have a couple outliers, and it's probably the ones that are vocal. And obviously, you look at Kadri, you look at Marchand. You know, those are those are those are pests on the ice. Absolutely, they they are there to get under your skin, but also play really good hockey. Um, and they do their job really really well. But they do get the red mist, and they do really dangerous things that deserve suspensions. And that's the thing, like, you have to be consistent. That is what everyone's been asking for the refs as well as player safety. You have to be consistent. And they just, they haven't been. There's no excuse. Well, doesn't Marchand now, like, hold the record for most amount of games suspended or something like that? Yeah. or suspend- And he clearly hasn't learned, and they keep just tacking on these small ones. It's like... What happened to, like, the the more infractions you get, the, See, the chance the you're going to get the, removed the from the league? the NHL. You get to a certain amount of time... And they forget about it. It's it's magic. They're just like it never happened. Poof, there there it goes. The, oh, if by the if there's going to be a lockout by the time the next CBA comes around, I have the feeling a lot of it is going to be based around the refing and the and the uh, Department of Player Safety because it's there's no consistency and players are getting injured and they go to defend themselves. Uh, here's here's an example because we we just had Taylor Hall and Labushkin. Same thing happened um, kind of earlier in the year with Dylan Larkin. He got hit from behind, went basically head first into the boards, turned around, sucker punched the guy in a similar way to what Taylor Hall did. Larkin got suspended for that. The Department of Player Safety just showed that's not a suspendable offense. Like if the Red mm-hmm. Wings were a few points out of the playoffs right now, you think that they wouldn't be livid, being like so we would have had our best player and had a chance to come in that refs are not supposed to change the outcome of games. The department of player safety is supposed to protect the players and like the integrity of the game. Um, yeah, that's out the is, window. Is, that's completely like, gone. is Joe West running the department of player safety now that he's retired from MLB? Like what is going on? No, he's just whispering in the ears because, you know, what else can he do other than just stand there and look intimidating with his stupid face? Anyways, um, no, and then you're also changing the entire dynamic of the league at this point. A good example is McKinnon having to fight. He did, like, nobody wants McKinnon to fight. Like, he shouldn't be fighting. The other team does. I mean, well, well, yeah, true. The other team, because the other team was, gasp, Minnesota Wild. Um, but it was also because there was a shot by Dumba that hit Rantanen in the head first with his shoulder, hit him right in the jaw as he went by. No penalty. McKinnon clearly took offense to that, and he was the only person on the ice that was willing to drop the gloves. He did. He dummy Dumba, thankfully, which felt great to see, because Dumba is just... 
he's in my opinion he's worse than kachuk when it comes to turtling in a fight everyone likes to call kachuk a turtle this oh dumba is <laughs> watch the, I, you're getting close watch a, how far you push yourself there. there there's a, there are a lot of words that i could describe this man um and i'm just gonna stick with turtle uh but plain and simple now you've got stars fighting they have to defend themselves because whether you want to agree to it or not rantanen's a star he is. He's an all-star player on that and if line. The refs, Same with Landis. And if the refs are smart, they call a penalty on that immediately. That doesn't have yep. to happen. Because then the abs no. go, oh, we don't have to fight. We'll just score two or three times on this five-minute major. That, that's because come on. But like, they're penalized. But no, that that's it's so bad. It is worse right now than watching playoff officiating, which is usually the worst officiating we see every single year. It's like they're gearing up. For, they're it. gearing up for the playoffs, um, oh in, in such a it's gonna be so. Oh, bad. Players are gonna be out there, and they're gonna be able to like two handed swing at people, and the refs will be like, "No, you know what? I'll allow it." They'll call only trips because those are the ones that like can't be a judgment call for the uh, most part. Hi, uh, Giordano true. says hi because everybody was like, "He didn't trip him." You see the camera view, and you're like, "Oh, he did trip him." Yeah, but even still, usually trips. Yes. Most trips get called, so you'll see a lot of trips. And if the uh, the puck goes over the boards, yeah. Um, I enjoyed watching the Calgary uh, Avalanche game and watching Markstrom literally taking hacks at the players, slashing the players. There was four times the the announcers literally talked about it. There was four instances where he slashed. Colorado Avalanche players because they skated kind of close to him and the refs came over and were like hey now don't do that and it's like what are you what what are you doing you penalize somebody for trip you penalize a goalie for tripping somebody skating by the other day but you know slashing someone openly is like hey now you best not to do that after doing it twice and they do it two more times and still it's, nothing comes there's of it. no penalization so you're gonna keep doing it it's, you play for the advantage they were pissed off that they uh, lost that game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Avs won it 2-1, I believe. Yeah, it so, was it was stressful. Um, yeah, it, I didn't even realize until we were talking about this that this is literally like the refs are warming up for playoff hockey. It, it's going to be so bad. They it's the refs be a the refs could end up making what is supposed to be the best hockey every year an unwatchable mess because teams that are heavy-handed to begin with they're just gonna be able to go full-on like twisted metal on the ice yeah and like it's the only league and i know we're not the first people to talk about this it's the only league where the playoffs are a completely different game to the point that your all-stars don't matter like and it's as simple as you look at matthews last year he's an all-star as much as i don't you know particularly want to cheer for him he's an all-star and he was useless because they were able to do so many things to him to stop well the puck. The, you look at mcdavid yeah, same thing mcdavid Even had McKinnon. zero penalties drawn and you look back at what winnipeg was doing they went full-on like 90s timu Solani trying to come down the ice like there's three sticks hooked onto this guy his jersey's being grabbed he's looking around and the refs are like oh is that a new logo on the ice i've never seen that one before yeah, like, why do you have to have plural when it comes to refs in the playoffs at that point? Why don't you just have one that sits at center ice and it's just like, yeah, it looks like a goal. <laughs> like, 
that's that's about it. That's all you need from them. And if there's a fight, then they go, guys, don't, guys, stop. I, I please. didn't realize I promise. we were I'll be nice. uh, so opinionated on this one to start off the show, starting with the well, Department of Player every Safety. Week, yeah, it's every week we've been talking about the refs, and I'm so sick of talking about the refs. But the thing is, you can't not because they're so terrible. They won't even be held accountable to the point that they were supposed to do. So, so a Reddit, um, AMA. Yes. So this is I sent this to Pat yesterday uh, for 4:30 p.m. today. There was supposed to be a Reddit AMA with uh, NHL referee Wes McCauley. It was announced earlier today, so earlier on Thursday. We have to cancel that. Um, the because reasons the the ongoing theory from a lot of people is basically um they were going to be held accountable and the nhl was like well well we can't allow that like i in for the in the first place i can't believe that somebody even decided that was a good idea because the only questions that were going to be answered were going to be ones put on reddit by the nhl itself it was just going to be one of those threads where it was like Deleted, 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 deleted. So, what is it like to be the most popular ref? Deleted, 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 deleted. It's so bad. It, and, like, I'm just... Imagine you Steve messed Daniel up so often times, at your but... workplace that it just didn't matter. And at the end of it, they were like, you know what? We're going to give you a bonus because you did good. And then your track record is just like a tire fire off to the side. And, well, I chose and, the like, wrong the profession. Tim part... Right. With the Tim Peel part, like, great. He's the most likable ref in the league, and they love to post all these things. And like I was saying, like, Steve Dangle has talked about this a few times. I don't, like, if you have to be like, look how great he is for him just being a normal referee. And he's had, and here's the thing, though, with McCauley, he's had bad calls lately. He's normally been one of the more consistent referees. That's That was part of the popularity alongside with his shenanigans is that he... If you knew Wes McCauley was going to be refing your game, it was like, okay, at least things are going to be a bit more even. He He's kind of joined that league of what's over there as players are basically being beaten bloody to the ice and then another player jumps on top of them when they're down with a concussion. Oh, yeah, that was Charlie Coyle who did that to Labushkin. Um, Labushkin's down on the ice, can't move, and Charlie Coyle literally like jumps on top of him for extra pot shots because he had hit Taylor Hall lightly beforehand. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. Um, I know this this can't be the let's yell about refs podcast as much as we'd love to to be the uh, let's yell about refs podcast. We, yes, but we from where we touched, you actually brought up one in what we were talking about there with McKinnon. Uh, he's yes. slated to play tonight, so Thursday night. That is against I don't remember who. Um, I should have looked that up. Pat's going to right now. Um, yeah, I probably but, should know this as a Colorado um, fan. Season-ending <laughs> injury happening uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday night. Can't remember which. Uh, for Arizona Coyotes, Clayton Keller. Wednesday, yeah. Um, yeah. What an unfortunate, like, freak fall into the boards. That sucks. The only good thing in it is that he actually, like, messaged out saying, hey, I'm fine. This sucks that I can't play for the rest of the season, but I'm okay. You've got... Yep. Uh, so... In the game, well, that was that was a uh, a broken leg for those that didn't see it. That don't had, watch it if you're don't don't hunt for it. It's not fun. It's not pretty. I was just like, what happened to him? Why is he being? Oh my god! Yeah, usually when you hear um, broken leg and the NHL, don't go searching. It's never worth nope. it. Um, so then nope. in the same, but he had surgery. Yes, 
and he's good. Yeah. So he's done for the season with a surgery. So he'll be good next season. But just for those listening, uh, he is done. So you can take him out of your fantasy teams. Uh, in the same game as Labushkin going down with concussion symptoms, he's still out. Uh, Mrazek does something to his groin. So Peter Mrazek, the Leafs goaltender, who's been battling injuries, finally started to get things going. He is out for the remainder of the season. If he returns, potentially for the playoffs, if the Leafs even go to him. So that one is, uh, that kind of hurts the Leafs because um, <laughs> the their AHL Goalies. team had to play an e-bug and an e-e-bug in their last game. And right now the Leafs tandem is Michael Hutchinson and rookie uh, Shalgren. Shalgren. So who knows who's yeah. going to start against well, Winnipeg. They did say that Campbell um, might be ready to come back. So uh, hopefully uh, his his recovery is um, not going to be sped up. I really sincerely hope that the Leafs go, okay, it's fine. Yes, it'd be nice to get higher up in the playoff spot to kind of dictate who we're going to be playing against. But I hope that they don't rush him back onto the ice. Play Shalgren, who's doing pretty well. Like he's, he's putting up okay numbers um like nothing crazier than campbell or mrazic so like it's kind of par for the team um so keep him in net um and just let campbell come back when he's ready yeah, don't because i rush think that goalies. if they rush him oh we've we've no because that's what happened last time with anderson they rushed him back and he got hurt again and then he was useless in the playoffs and they've clearly rushed mrazic back because usually goalies coming back from injury if they're good they don't get injured again like two or three games later I've seen that firsthand. Mind you, it was the hips with Corey Snyder. Kemper. Uh, longtime Vancouver Canucks fans will know that with R- Roberto Luongo. Same type of thing. So if the Leafs are essentially a lock for the playoffs at this point, you don't know who you're going to face. Obviously, you it, this year more than any, you need home ice advantage. But don't throw everything away when you're still going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really, really hopeful that we don't see Jack Campbell on the ice, and it's not because you know, haha, Leafs, you guys. Uh, no, it's. Um, it's not. It's not good for him. It's not healthy for him if he's not ready. I. It seems like he's really close. We might see him in a couple well, games, but I want him. Like it's the same thing that I was worried about with Mac. Uh, they were or McKinnon. They they were worried about his wrist, and the last thing I want to see is him getting onto the ice and he plays through an injury because of reasons and just aggravates it worse. He has to have off-season surgery, makes the injury even worse then, and, you know, starts to degrade his career at a young age when it's unnecessary to. And that's the thing. It's unnecessary right now for Campbell to be in net. If they lose, they lose, but they're not going to be leaving the playoff contention. They're going to be playing against a friggin' juggernaut no matter who they go up against. So just go with what they have. Don't push people. Well, the one good thing for McKinnon, just looking. So tonight they play the Sharks. And for yeah. for the Avalanche's sake, they're lucky that the Sharks aren't a team that play a little bit more aggressively. I'm going to slash your hands so hard that your gloves fall off. And then they mm-hmm. have a home-and-home home with a few days with the Penguins. So it, it could be part of why they're looking ahead going, how do you feel? Not too bad. Okay, these these next three games... You should at least be able to get away without somebody trying to target you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are teams out uh, there, you've mentioned one already, that 
we've seen if they know a player's coming back and they're a little sore, uh, they kind of target and headhunt a little bit. That's what this that's this league basically pushes the, for the referees people to do that, right? It's why they never yeah. usually say what an it what injury a player has because they know well, somebody's going to target them. Yeah, and We're like fans of the worst sport. <laughs> that yeah, like that's such a dark thing. It's just like hey, hey, this guy. Well, it's like the Simpsons. Hack the bone. He lost a shin pad. Hack the bone. <laughs> Lisa shouting as a goal. It's exactly it that, and it's just. It's a little dark. It's a little effed up, to put it like as lightly as I can. That people are like, "Yeah, this person broke his ribs, so I'm gonna go and try and break them further." What? Yeah, or that's when you get uh, Leon Drysaddle is just like, "I'm gonna spear this guy." He is the yeah. worst person in the league for that, by the way. I may have PK Sluban mm. on my team, but Drysaddle's got a highlight Ovi. reel of uh, spearing people. Ovi's not fine. Like true. I think Ovi's could be worse. I think the two of them are kind of on par for their thinking that they're Goldberg spearing that many people. Let's let's move on from um, kind of what we're on here. I kind of touched on this one. Obviously, the West is still fully open. We can talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. But the East is so crazy right now. The people that have crunched the numbers have basically said the eighth place team in the east is expected to have 102 points (laughs) which right now the avalanche have 100 so that's ridiculous but the east could have like team two three like between the top 10 they could have literally the top eight all be in the east which is great news if you're a calgary or colorado fan but, like, it also brings up the the question yet again of, are the playoffs laid out right? Like, come on. That doesn't make any sense that all, like, it should be the top 16 teams in the league. And it never is. Because you're going to have teams from the West that are going to sneak in with, like, 80 points. And then that's not even a wild card team in the East. So it's just, like, it seems so backwards that here are these teams that aren't playoff teams. They aren't. And they're able to squeak in. And you have other teams that have fought so hard to get their numbers up. Like Columbus, for instance, is I'm willing to put money on the fact that Columbus should be in the playoffs if it was the top 16. Well, they will be in the top 16. Yeah, at least if you're going to do the playoffs, that they never would just because of the travel for some teams no. would make it completely unfair. But go back to it being 1-8-2-7-3-6-4-5. The fact that... Like, once again, I'm, I'm not a Leafs fan. The fact that, once again, the Atlantic could be consisted of the number two, three, four, and five in the entire yeah, that's league. Wild. That's ridiculous and complete. Like, there's no advantage. At that point, you're better off being the first wildcard team because then at least you're going up against the Metro instead, which is like, I don't know, the top seven, eight, nine team and like... I get that they're trying to force these division rivalries, but in doing so, there are certain divisions that are so strong, all it does is get rid of what should be late-round marquee matchups in the first when Mm -hmm. nobody has time to watch all that hockey. (sighs) I don't know. It's, It's tough, and like... There have been the Colorado has benefited from this structure in the past. I'm aware of it, so 
and being in the position that they're in right now, it's kind of nice to be comfy and cozy. But they shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Just like, you know, I keep going back to more apps players, but when McKinnon got into the All-Star game because he was on a team and was playing well compared to the uh, the, the historically bad Colorado Avalanche that year when he got to the All-Star game, he was like, I shouldn't be here. And I, I feel like that is the case for a, a few teams I hate that make it into the playoffs. I hate the participation ribbon All-Star game that we have now. It's like I yeah. it doesn't not, it doesn't matter like yeah uh, Seattle great you sent a player except they shouldn't have had to do vote-ins for somebody like Trevor Zegras to to be there it should be a lock for things like that so it's uh, that's the well it's yeah it should be all votes it should be all voted in <laughs> oh. that's just my dog don't worry about that they, but it should all be voted in. Um, for the for the all stars because that's those are the people that people are going to want to watch like pay money to go and see or watch on TV because they were like I like this person I want to vote them in and I know that's sort of what they do right now but everybody but, gets one it's like no this yeah, is not Spider Man like in Family Guy no it should one hundred percent be whoever anybody votes in they should be able to go to the team select the player that they want to vote in and it's as simple as that. That I mean, they don't want to do it because of John Scott or whatever that guy's name yeah, was because John he got Scott in there. Role, yeah. And then they're just like, oh, we don't want to do that. And yet it was probably the most entertaining all-star oh, it, game it out of totally all was. of them. And the, yeah, so, yeah. So the fans doing what they wanted to get what they wanted then proved to be the most successful. They were like, no, we don't like that. We're the NHL. We don't understand why just people be, want to have fun. The NFL may be... Well, the National Football League, but we're the no fun league, the NHL. Um, we were talking about the the East playoffs and wild card because at this point, the pretty much the only lock is that Washington won't be at the top of the Metro. I would I would assume mm-hmm. at this point because there's a 12 point gap. Every mm-hmm. other matchup is pretty much possible. The West, um, if Calgary doesn't keep a strong winning streak going. LA and Edmonton are um they're kind of nipping at their butts all of a sudden. Colorado LA. Colorado is they're they're just they're they're top of the league right now. They're 14 points mm. up on the Wild who uh don't look now Pat are 8-1 one, and 1 in their last 10. They have the best current streak in the NHL which mm-hmm. you and I were talking about this before the show. Um Avalanche fans right now, you are praying that the Minnesota Wild end up in Wild Card One because then they move into the Pacific Division for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it won't happen, um, but well, it most likely won't happen. But no, the the West is so stupid. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and it's just like, good lord, do any of these people know how to play <laughs> hockey, or do they all just play hockey the exact same way? Which is why the spread between second wild card and second place in the central is or no even easier second wild card and first place in pacific it's 10 points separated what yeah it's the the west is so crazy in comparison and if you look at it vegas even though they are wild card two right now to me they do not exist in that slot they have four more games played than Dallas. Dallas is one point behind. Um, mm-hmm. 
if Vegas can't figure... Vegas probably needs to almost win out the remainder of the season at this point for Dallas Mm -hmm. to not leapfrog them. I don't think Winnipeg or Vancouver make it in, which is unfortunate for Vancouver because they are playing over a 100-point pace with Bruce Boudreaux as their coach. Unfortunately, Travis Green put them in way too big of a hole at the start of the Mm -hmm. year. Um, Edmonton got very lucky to turn things around. They they didn't really change much. It's just like things started to click. They're seven two and one in their last ten. Um, well, I, I obviously Koskinen's been able to stop stop pucks lately, and they're he remembered he was a goalie. Yeah, he remembered. Oh, I'm getting paid to be a goalie, and it seems like Mike Smith. They were like, ooh, maybe we'll just overwork Koskinen and get us into the playoffs because hey, it's working for them. Um, we we mentioned this, I believe it was last week, because. St. Louis has been leapfrogged by Minnesota since we last talked, and we were looking at St. Louis being like, they're struggling lately. They've won, mm-hmm. too, but the West, unless your name is Colorado, you're not safe. You can still yeah, easily I, fall out of a playoff spot. I've not seen anything like this. In a while. It's so much um, fun that it could come down to game 82 for not only positioning, but like we could see a team go from out of the wild card into a divisional top three spot. Yeah, with like two wins. It's like Nashville right now is at 82 points. Minnesota is at 86. Nashville is at wild is in wild card. Minnesota is second. So like it, I just... Well, it was like it, the whole thing is so friggin' stupid. Well, it's like looking at the Atlantic. <laughs> we've literally watched Tampa, Toronto, and Boston in their last three games. They they just keep swapping where they're sitting, and they're all at the same amount of games played. So it's that to me is one of the craziest things. Of course, the Leafs have some matchups coming up against both Florida and Tampa. I believe they play Tampa twice in the next little bit. So um, we're getting to the end of the season. And this is going to be fun for me as a Devils fan because we've got quite a few games against teams that are fighting for playoff spots or for positioning. And this is when you hope a team like the Devils can just raise hell and mess everything up. Well, if you want to, I think before we move on from this topic, because I don't think we need to spin around too much further into it. If you want to understand how dominant the east is in the top 10 there are only two west coast teams that is dumb and one of and them is one of them sits at the points. top yeah it's literally one yeah. and one and eight right or is it one in uh seven? oh wait no i'm one so sorry nine. i'm so sorry there are three in the top 10 so you've got colorado at one you have calgary at eight and you have minnesota at 10 <laughs> But and that's just because I the just, East ran out of positions, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Washington is only two points behind Minnesota, and yeah, it's yeah. Washington is fighting to stay in the playoffs. Technically, like they've made it, but yeah, right now they ha- they have they could get bumped out uh, if they lose the rest of all of their games and Columbus wins all of their games. 
but that won't happen. Um, whereas Minnesota is second place in their division. That's how stupid this is. That's why I keep saying it's stupid because there's an imbalance and that doesn't make any sense. The Metro, all it's, three teams are uh, above 90 points. The Atlantic, uh, two of the three are above 90. The Leafs sit at 89. Uh, Boston sits at 87. And then, um, yeah, they're nothing close. It's just Colorado's the outlier with their yeah, ridiculous 26-4-3 and four and three home record. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, like, there's it's a 12-point difference between the... The two teams in the West, Calgary at 88, Colorado 100. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this league? Yeah, and then Ugh. meanwhile, you so that's between one and two in the West. In the East, between number one and uh, second wild card is 12 points, except the bottom starts it's... at 84. So... That's why right now, if, you, if you've been kind of humming and hawing on watching certain games of that aren't your team, look at potential playoff Watch matchups because you want to, and you just hope the refs are, are actually showing up that night. Uh, it is some unreal hockey. I've been loving watching the highlights the next day uh, as I'm like getting yeah, my that's... food ready or for my, for my son, it's like, this is the best. This is the flip side of that, though, is as much as it's fantastic hockey, it's fantastic hockey where puck drop is 945 at the earliest, maybe 8 o'clock if it's a televised game. So you you have to make the choice of do you want to watch a team play really good hockey or do you want to sleep? Well, and for me, because I have no dog left in the fight being a Devils fan, it's like, well, I just, I'll go for good hockey. All right, well... Let me tell you about the Colorado Avalanche games coming up. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so we kind of just looking at our sheet, we've kind of jumped around a little bit. We talked about Calgary. Um, I've kind of seen this talked about online, but um, what is going on with Sean Monahan? He used to be the on the first line of the Calgary Flames in the last three games. He's been scratched twice. <laughs> And he played just over nine minutes in the loss to Colorado. There was only one player on Calgary who had less minutes, and that was Lucic. Like, talk about a Which, fall from grace. Yeah. No, I'm wondering if it's a situation that uh, he has a nagging injury of some kind. Um, because he is a very good player. Like, he he truly is. You know, watching him, especially last year with the with the stuff that he was able to do last year was fantastic. Um, he's, he's a very talented player. I'm wondering if he's injured or if he's got the yips, if he's got sort of stage fright and then somebody replaced him on the top line and his confidence is gone. And I don't know, like as much as Suter seems to be able to drive this team forward, I'm wondering if he doesn't mesh with that style. And we've seen that with certain coaches. Like, obviously we Absolutely. really saw that with Patrick Line and, um, mm-hmm. Why can't I think of his name? Tortorella. The guy that walked away? Uh, Tortorella. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Monaghan. And here's the thing that, here's how you know it's bad. He, he $6.5 million salary, a center scratched twice. That's, That's that is one of the most ridiculous things. And I don't think if it wasn't uh, Daryl Sutter, that wouldn't happen because he... If you're not going to play, if you're not going to play the best, mm-hmm. you're not going to play. So it's 
one of those crazy... It makes sense. Yes, and he's got one more year left under contract. Then he's a UFA, so it's... Does Calgary even keep him in the offseason? Do they try and trade him away for something? Do they hope he rebounds? Because you're not going to get a lot for him right now. You're probably going to have to sweeten the pot if you trade him away because of his cap hit and because he's fourth-line center getting scratched, a former 20-plus goal scorer. But so the nice thing is, is they can sell it. They can sell it as they, him and, and Sutter, Suter, however you want to say it. I think it's Sutter. Sutter, Thank you, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So him and Sutter didn't mesh, or he had an nagging injury, and that was the reason for him being scratched. You can sell it. You can say you saw what he did previous years. You you take him, let him show you what he's doing. If he does, if he's a fourth line center for your team, Arizona Coyotes, then or Seattle Kraken or whoever has the cap space, sure, take him on, take the gamble. Yeah. We'll sweeten the pot with a fifth. Like, because who cares? It's a fifth round pick. That kid won't play. It's, yeah, um, it's just one of those crazy things because, like, you look back, and he's, he's had 31 goals, 27, 27, 31, 34. Um, and then last year, 10 goals in 50 games. This year, he's 22 points in 64 games. There's, unless, for all we know, he could be one of those players that caught COVID and he just can't get out of what happened mm-hmm. there's a few players like that in the league where you can you can see that who knows for all we know it could just be a time thing and yeah but like that's if if you're calgary they have to be looking at him going if you can find a way to at least make yourself a usable fourth liner in the playoffs and he starts to turn things around that's scary if you've got a former 30 goal scorer who's only 27 centering your fourth line that could be a difference maker if if he can find his game again and he should be able to because i can't see that as regression that's not like that is falling like he something is wrong like yeah you mentioned COVID. i didn't even think of that um yeah there's something wrong with his play he's injured he's he needs to see the team psychiatrist whatever it may be there's something there and i think that if they do give him away he will be an asset for whichever team picks him up um especially once his contract is up and they decide to resign him they'll be able to get a really good asset for a bargain deal and i don't know i think maybe he just needs a new location maybe calgary no longer sees yeah him. it could be just a straight up change of scenery needed you see that every so often in the nhl mm-hmm. selfishly i was hoping that johnny gaudreau would continue his bad streak and then the Devils yeah. would be able to get him, but he, that that resigning will probably I I imagine come just before the playoffs, because there's no way with how he's been playing, because his contract's up, <laughs> that Calgary if they're gonna keep him is gonna be like let's wait till after the playoffs because if we go on a run you're gonna demand more money, so get rid of Goudreau. Oh, how could you? Oh, wow, are you ready for? This I is my I was ready take. to move on from this, but. Pat wants to okay. Here's the guy that was like trade away Nazem Kadri uh, at the deadline yep. to to get assets. Yep. Is now like let's break up the best line in hockey because reasons. Uh, he is one of the most in- inconsistent players each season. So he is on a tear this year. Like I'm not saying he's not a good. He's player. the Bobrovsky of forwards. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. So are you actually going to sign him for a big budget contract? Absolutely not. Because who's going to show up next season? Yeah, that's true. Is it going to be this year Goudreau or is it going to be the year previous Goudreau where he was, like you said, about to be shopped? So in my mind, if I'm a GM, I'm looking at his contract. I'm looking at his ask and I'm because, you know, it's going to be high. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. You know that that's going to be... I'm going to start that again in case you wanted to cut. I don't know if you're going to edit any of my sneeze I have to remember. (laughs) So if you hear this, I forgot. You want somebody that's consistent on your team. And, I mean, we're we're talking about Monaghan being inconsistent. Absolutely. He's he's had two years of inconsistency, not so great. But Goudreau, I don't trust him. I do not trust him. It was only 1920 and 2021 where things were off for him. Uh, you look back, he rookie rookie year for him, put up 64 points in 80 games played in the playoffs. That's pretty good. 78 the next year, 61, not as good. 84 points, 99. He's already at 90 this year. The two years mm-hmm. previous, so you've got both COVID years, uh, 58 points in 70, 49 and 56. So that's actually not that bad. I think it's a no. case of it looks worse than what it is. And now that he has line mates that are going to be with him for a while, you just never know. See, and I look, uh, this is why I'm bad at, at, like, there's no way I could ever be a GM because I would look at that and be like, ooh, okay, he's having a huge year. We can make so much money off of that. Except you can't because he's a UFA. Well, that's... uh, So that ruins your whole... I thought he was an RFA. No, he's a UFA. He's... uh... Okay, yeah, then they're screwed. Yeah. So they're going to have to sign him, and, and if they, he's going to demand a crap ton of money, and then if it was me, I would sign and flip. If he if he signs for just because of how it's been, I think 8.5, maybe for four or five years, so you don't fully sink yourself. But if it's any yeah. higher than that, I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary does sign Johnny Gaudreau, it comes out before the playoffs. Because like we've seen before, teams can go on runs, and suddenly that dollar value goes way up. Look how much Blake Coleman made. Look how much uh, Barclay mm. Goodrow made. You Certain times you don't want to wait. It's why the Devils uh, paid Jack Hughes 8 by 8 early on in the season. And everybody was like, oh, an overpayment. Now everybody's looking at that going, oh, you know what? That might actually be uh, a very good deal That's... for the Devils going forward. Yeah, 8 by 8 if if he's able to play the way that he's playing, absolutely, that's either going to be a steal of a deal, or it's going to be like, yeah, he's worth that. Like, I can't see him dipping below the, is $8 million too much for him? Because he's a solid player, he's very good. Goudreau, yeah, I I don't know. He's he's always been, and by always, I mean like the, what, four seasons? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's been a huge question mark to me. I see him play, and it just... he. He seems very, like, if he gets lost in his head, he gets lost in his well, head. Well, and you can also look back the last two years. His center was Sean Monahan, who's been down. Before that, when Monahan mm-hmm. was playing, he seems like one of those players that he needs that if his line is going, if he's got a good energy line, he plays to it. So it's one of those, who was the product of the other? Sean Monahan starts to dip. Gaudreau starts to dip. Monahan gets pulled away. Lindholm and Kachuk go up with them, and then Johnny Gaudreau just skyrockets. So it's 
that's why, yeah. Well, the fact that Lindholm wasn't on the top line, it, the, the fact that it wasn't Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk on the top line in the first place, it just, I don't understand that. Those are three completely complementary players. Like, you've got Kachuk who goes to the net and will beat anybody up in front of the net for you. So then you can have Goudreau, who's got good skill, good hands, everything like that, and he can do things with the puck. And then you've got Lindholm, who's the most underrated player in the entire league. Um, and, like, I'm not even a Calgary fan. I don't even watch that much hockey, but I see him on the ice, and I see him on the ice yeah, Lin- the whole time. Lindholm I know is where probably he is. one of the best, like, trade acquisitions the in the is... last few years by any team. I sincerely believe he is the best player besides Markstrom on the Calgary Flames because he is... Nobody nobody sticks to him. Nobody cares when he's on the ice. And everyone should care when he's on the ice. He's so good. He's so good. He is the perfect definition of sneaky good. Oh, yeah. Like, who, like, just everyone would be like, Lindholm, which one? The one from the Ducks? It's, is that the one you're talking about? You know about? what it reminds me of right now, thinking back, you saying that? It's it's the same type of thing of uh, Philip Deneau last year in the playoffs for Montreal. Everybody was like, oh, wow, he's really good. And then you see him this year in L.A., and he's putting up numbers that were like, he's not supposed to do that. So I Maybe it was the coach. <laughs> the coach or the rest of the team. or um, I want to move on from, from there. We're going to stick out west, though. Um, there's something on our notes that says, um, excuse me, Seattle. Check your, check your Facebook right now, Pat, your messenger. I just sent you something. We've talked a lot about amazing amazing jerseys on this show it's kind of become like a theme every single week the seattle kraken announced their pride night jerseys and i would really like your initial reaction to this pat this is oh is it pride night or is that is for pride night wow if it's for transgender um, no, that is for of... Pride Night. It even says if you go over it, that is their yeah. Pride Night jersey. Look, I like the jersey. I think it's a nice jersey. I think it misses the mark on Pride. If it was for uh, the we're recording today, I can't remember the the full title uh, title. Trans on Awareness day. day, I believe. Trans Awareness Day. If this was for Trans Awareness, absolutely, yes. that hits the mark. Um, I think that's a fantastic jersey for that. Um, but yeah, that they're missing. It doesn't scream pride like other jerseys have, like the Canucks one, for instance, the Canucks Um, and the devils one this year blew it out of the park. So seeing this, uh, it like (sighs) even Kraken fans are basically calling it the Aloha Jersey. Yeah, it does. It it looks more like Hawaiian pride than, uh, pride night so i guess a type of pride but just the wrong type of pride in this situation it's uh it's it's not ugly i don't th- i think it looks nice i like the design of it but it just it doesn't they they didn't read the brief right i, I work in marketing and pretty much there was a brief that was put in and they were just like we got to make a jersey all right well what's it for uh you don't know okay well we'll just do this this is what it felt like that's what it kind of feels like to me is that they they didn't really read the whole brief and then at the bottom it was like, P.S., this is for Pride Night, and they missed the P.S. The The design that they did with it, some slight changes, and it could have been 
on the list of like all time jerseys because it would be so unique looking. Instead, it kind of has a beer league like F tier that starts at two a.m. every Thursday night look to it. Yeah, it's weird. Especially it's... compared to some of the amazing ones that we've seen in the NHL this year from most teams. And the ones that stand out are phenomenal. Like, look at the the Canucks one from the other night. Oh, the Canucks. Um, the Canucks have hit it out of the park with every single jersey they have done this year. Like, I can't, like, the the Indigenous one that they're going to be wearing or if they... I, I believe they wore it last it night. I can't remember. If the, if the Canucks oh, are not so petitioning the NHL... To be like, let us wear these during games, then they all the change that they did this year to their organization to me is not worth it because that is how you grow the game. Yeah, that's how you sell more jerseys. Yeah. Like you wanna you wanna make money for these causes. The reason that you're doing these jerseys is to raise awareness and support local communities and those that are, you know, suffering or whatever whatever it may be. You want to support these then Play with them on the ice so more it's more exposure, more people see it. You do the auctions of the game worn yeah, jerseys. Yeah, so that there's not just 20 also... jerseys only that exist. You want everyday people to be able to afford these and buy them. Or instead, yeah, and you want to buy them the, the Canucks Pride from... jerseys, which you could buy, by the way, were $600 in, the, in their shop. That's not how or... it's supposed to work. They're $55 from a website that will remain nameless, so it doesn't get taken down. Yeah, I, I um, just I saw that one from the Kraken, and I thought it was a joke at first until I dug deeper, and it's like, oh, that's that's their Pride Night jersey. It's, as you said, if it is supposed to be for Trans Awareness Day, it, it does, because the colors match that. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's... I do actually... I do want to say uh, one other thing sort of on this topic. Um, in uh, Ontario, uh, there have been a few games, and I saw one uh, the other day, and I sent this to you, and uh, I sent it to my wife, actually, too. And it was for the ceremonial puck drop. They had a drag queen drop the puck. If you sent and that I to me, just... I think I missed that. Oh, okay. So um, one of the drag queens that performed on... Um, uh, Canada's drag race, uh, their name was Juicebox, they were the one that dropped the puck. And um, they they commented, I think it was the next day, because uh, unfortunately there's so much toxicity on Twitter. Um, I just, I call it the hate machine, because that's pretty much what Twitter is. Um, and they they commented and they said, this was one of the first times that it was the Oshawa Generals actually who said this. Um, and they, they said that this is probably one of the first times that some people saw a person on the ice that they felt like they could finally connect to when watching hockey. And they said, this is who we are and this is who we are moving forward. And, you know, as much it's, as it's Oshawa, like, I'm sorry for anybody that lives there. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. I don't know anything about Oshawa. I've just, it's all through word of mouth, so I can't really speak to that in the slightest. But that was awesome. That makes me so happy to see that they took it upon themselves to not only have that moment for someone, for people who are watching that may not feel welcomed in the hockey community because there are so many toxic, toxic people that just want to shoot people down because of who they are which is disgusting. 
um, to have a moment where they can see someone who's like themselves be able to do this. And then for the Oshawa Generals to double down, and Colorado did this as well on their Pride Night yeah, when they, they posted things. They're, and, the person that was in charge of their social media that night, if they didn't get like a raise or bonus, oh, yeah, they're still they're still going hard at it and good for them. I was just looking up the um, the Oshawa Generals thing there. Alongside that, they were selling their Pride Night t-shirt that night. That is a phenomenal-looking t-shirt because it's basically uh, different pictures of um, sticks with the rainbow color tape to make the rainbow across. Yep. Looks amazing. Um, don't go looking into the comments from the Oshawa Generals yep. post on that because... Um, I hate to say it. Some people out there are absolutely disgusting human beings. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's nice to see, especially in the OHL, things like this. It will happen yeah, in the it, NHL as well, but it, 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 it's got to start small. And it's like... It's a small market. It's a, it's a small crowd. But at the same time, like you know that their demographic may not be that demographic. And they don't care. That's the thing, because it's more important to be inclusive than the people, like we said, that are disgusting people that don't want to be inclusive to these people, that all they want to do is just be themselves. So what's wrong with that? Well, not only that, to have the foresight to think, okay, we have our Pride Night coming up. What, Who or what do we want to bring on to help promote to be a part of this? To have the insight and the foresight to say, well, why not bring on a drag queen? It's genius. Yeah, I wouldn't be and surprised. Like not only just a drag queen, but one that was on TV. I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, a team like New Jersey, who has been very open with this, like Colorado, like Vancouver, next season on their Pride Nights, do something similar. Hell, half the teams in the league, when they do a Star Wars night, have somebody in a cosplay Darth Vader suit dropping it. What's the difference? Yeah, like I went to... I went to a baseball game in Oakland years back, and it was Star Wars night, and they had themed Star Wars fireworks. They literally, like, recreated the lightsaber battles using fireworks in the sky, but bringing a drag queen onto the field is mm, too far. That's too much. Come on. No. Do better. Bring this in. Do more of this stuff. Plus, drag shows are super-duper entertaining, so, like, all you're doing is bringing more entertainment to a game that people already enjoy. Just... Just do it. Just, just stop pretending that you actually care and show that you care. And good on Oshawa for thinking outside yeah. of the box on this one. It's uh, the more I'm looking at this, the more it's like that was a very good, good move by the generals. Outside of the box? Because they brought juice box? That was not intentional. Drake. No, I, you didn't I, like that? Okay. <laughs> I, I wish that one was intentional, but unfortunately <laughs> it was not. The Ice Prep Podcast presents Games Games of the the Week. I don't think there's any good way to transition out of that, so it's just easier to play the music bed. Just hard cut. Hard cut. (laughs) Hard left. We're making a hard left on this one. Um, So last week we had um, three of the the four teams that we picked are right now currently uh, sitting one, two, three uh, in the Atlantic division. Uh, I picked Panthers and Leafs. Uh, Leafs winning that game surprisingly i had said that they were going to win both Mm -hmm. games that weekend of course montreal decided to spoil that one um because as we all know montreal just beats toronto when it matters um 
you had <laughs> the rematch of what was a baseball-style dugout-clearing brawl at the end of their game the Tuesday before. How did uh, Tuesday night's mm-hmm. game go? Yeah, so that was uh, Carolina and Tampa. So, again, you know, Brian, you chose potential playoff battles, and I decided to do the exact same thing of Carolina-Tampa, and it didn't disappoint. Um, maybe not as chippy as the other game. I was expecting a bit more from it uh, when it came to, like, the aggression of the teams, if you will. But it was a but, good comeback uh, by Tampa because they were good. down 3-2. Um, yeah, and then they came back, and they won it in overtime over Carolina, 4-3. Uh, so they fought for the win, uh, which is the right way to fight in some situations. Um, some... Uh, <laughs> but it was, I don't know. It was, it was a really good game. I watched most of it. I actually was grocery shopping and came in and saw only the last half of it, but even still it was, uh, it was great. It was such good hockey. Oh my goodness. I just, can we just have just the West and the East choose their two best teams and they just play like 40 games to dictate who goes to the Stanley cup? Cause I'd watch that. That's well, it. the issue with Wait, the issue right now, the, the the East, they're like, here you have eight teams to pick from. The West is like, here's Colorado. Colorado versus Colorado's bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking at this week, finally we've talked about this. I don't know how many weeks where we're not actually going to let the other person see what we've picked. So we finally decided to do that, which leads me to. I'm very curious if we actually ended up picking the same game or not. Um, I have a feeling we did, but let's what, see. What day of the week? We'll start with that. What day of the week did you go with? Monday. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. So there's four <laughs> There's four games on Monday night. Um, did we both pick the, uh, the matinee event? I'm not going to lie to you right now. I don't know what matinee means. <laughs> like the late showing. The late. Yes. Yeah, so you pick. I always thought matinee was early. And then every single time. I Let me look. Matinee. Okay. Uh, oh, during the day. Yeah, no, I am totally wrong. So Pat, Pat's right on that <gasps> one. Oh, my goodness. I'm the writer. I should probably know this. So not the matinee hey. showing, but I guess the. Um, the late, late show yeah. with L.A. and Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pat's going to pick one of the two. Avalanche Pittsburgh games because that could be. No, I told you, I told you, I was going to be picking games where it's playoff teams against each other in the same division. And yeah, there is um, a slight chance that they could face each other in the first round if uh, if LA goes on a bit of a slide. And I wasn't picking it because of that. The potential for me, it's looking at uh, the Flames' current coach, Daryl Sutter. Who's the coach that brought L.A. to their Stanley Cup victories? Oh, I Daryl Sutter. And we, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Flames earlier, so it's kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but L.A., L.A., like, d- d- like the rebuild anybody is over? that might Anybody that might be listening to this, did you know that L.A. was second in their division? Did you know that? Yep. I didn't. Uh, if L.A. was in the East, they'd be two points out of a wild card spot. That shows that, like, yeah. that's crazy. They are 36-23-10 right now. Um, my favorite stat about them, they are plus one in goal differential. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're any team in the West, um, 
you do not want to have to face Jonathan Quick if he can figure, like, in the playoffs. We've seen him before. He literally dragged his team out of the first round with, like, a 9-point, what was it, 9.8-something save percent, and the losing goalie had, like, a 9.7. Jonathan Quick is, like, one of three goalies you never want to see in the playoffs. Um, The other two are playing right now. Yeah, and I honestly think my favorite part about the LA Kings is here they are, they're on this tear, they are absolutely killing it. Their number one point getter is Kopitar with 57 whole points, followed by Kempe with 42, then Trevor Moore with 41, Philip Deneau with 40, and Arvidsson with 40. These aren't, these aren't numbers that you would see from a team that should be second place in the division. They have the least amount of goals scored by any team currently in a playoff position, um, which I I find this crazy to believe that the second lowest right now is Boston with 204. Uh, LA has 199. Like, the New Jersey Devils have more goals than LA Kings, but LA is just they're winning these games. They're a very tough team to play. That um it's the chrome buckets. It's the chrome <laughs> buckets. That is what's carrying them. Anybody that's been dumping on the silver helmets. the chrome buckets, by <sighs> the way. So, me too. LA Calgary, for me, it's a battle of the goalies at the end of the day. Because um, Markstrom has two modes. Um, you're not going to score on me no matter what. Or you're probably going to pot two or three. As long mm-hmm. as... He's not had a lot no. of blowout games against as, him this year. If... If Calgary can keep L.A. to about two goals, they can't lose the game because L.A. just doesn't score enough. Mm-hmm. But it it should be a fun game. I have the feeling a lot of people, including myself, will be catching the highlights of this one. But I'm, I'm going to see if I can try and stay A 1030 up. start on a, on a Monday yeah, night. I'll, you know, I just borrow time. That's all I'm doing is <laughs> borrowing time from tomorrow. I'm borrowing happiness that from is, tomorrow. I, that is impressive, though, that the first time we don't write down, we end up selecting the exact same game. So watch this be the yeah, worst of game course. of the week that we've had thus far. Oh, yeah. It'll be one nothing, and it'll be 17 shots for one team, 11 shots for another, and it's one nothing going into shootout, and there's 17 rounds of shootout, and everybody misses the net. Literally the worst possible oh, I scenario. I didn't know that the... No fights, I didn't know no that penalties. the Devils were playing a, a different team that we had picked there. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what Well, I mean, the Devils won a, a shootout <laughs> the other night, so there's that's going for us, which is nice. Um, one thing we didn't mention, I guess we should quickly. Uh, Connor McDavid, first player to hit 100 points this year. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl will Good probably be second. He's at 97. Fourth place, Johnny Gaudreau at 90. It's a crazy year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, Avs are the first team to hit yeah, 100. Yeah, Avs like hit 100 points before, before Connor McDavid awesome. hit 100 points. I'm not sure which is more impressive or scary. Uh, it's been a while since a team, or no, I guess, no, they're like the fifth fastest, I think is what I saw a graphic on uh, the TV the other day. Um, yeah, I think that Avalanche were the fifth fastest to hit uh, 100 points. And then McDavid, he has, this is the fifth time, weird, another fifth fifth time um that he has hit 100 points gretzky has done it eight so he's he's going for some of gretzky's titles which is which pretty is crazy to see i think that about wraps it up for under uh oilers. yeah under the oilers that wraps it up for 
for this week. Um, next episode, we're going to hit the, the big 2-0, which is crazy to think about. Our podcast can officially drink in Canada now if episodes were years. So thank you, everybody, who has tuned in uh, and joined us for all of these so far. You can find us, obviously, social media, Ice Prep Podcast. Uh, we are everywhere that you can listen to a podcast, Ice Prep Podcast. Um, for once, we didn't talk about the weather. Figured I'd throw that in at the end there because, hey, it's not raining or snowing right now, which is nice. No, we're just under a wind <laughs> warning. Um, anything to add before we wrap up this episode, Pat? Two things. One, uh, we haven't talked about my Tim's picks for a bit, and I got seven days in a row right, which means I get free coffee for a week. And number two, and this is what I'm going to put my stake in the sand here, get more drag queens into hockey. 